This is Alumni Allowed, a podcast by Graduate Center students for Graduate Center students. In each episode, we talk with a GC graduate about their career path, the ins and outs of their current position, and the career advice they have for students. This series is sponsored by the Graduate Center's Office of Career Planning and Professional Development. I'm Anders Wallace, a PhD in Anthropology from the Graduate Center. In this episode, I sit down with Dennis Katarenchuk, who is a senior data scientist at IBM. When we spoke in the summer of 2019, Dennis was finishing off his PhD in the Computer Science Department at the GC. In this episode, Dennis talks about the similarities between industry and academia, how to turn a mid-PhD crisis into opportunity, and the surprising benefits you might reap from going against received wisdom when it comes to applying to jobs, specifically how testing yourself on the open job market can give you a more objective sense of your own skills and abilities. So my name is Dennis Katarinchuk. I'm a PhD student at the Graduate Center, and I also work part-time at IBM as a senior data scientist at the moment at Chief Analytics Office. So you're currently a PhD candidate in the computer science department. Yeah, and the area of my research is natural language processing and like AI, machine learning. You are currently with IBM as well as a data scientist. Correct. And that's a currently a part-time role? Yes. Uh, so as you know, as a PhD student, you also have multiple options and it depends on your personal story. I would say just getting to a PhD is a very challenging task and you assume as a prospective PhD student that you get into school, you get funding and everything will be very smooth. But in the real life, quite often like, multiple things can go wrong. Quite often you would have to teach. And sometimes you get lucky and get great funding through your research and sometimes you have good opportunity to work outside of this academic world yeah. and this is what happened to me. I, I was lucky to get this job as a summer intern actually a year ago uh-huh. and they offered me to stay there part-time and work as a senior data scientist. And that was last summer? Correct. And you've been working there since then or did you take a break? I actually uh, took a break and um, it wasn't really a break. I took an opportunity to work at Google in Seattle and last fall after having to work with IBM, I moved to Seattle for like three, four months and was working with Google. And I think just in general, as a PhD student, you have to take an opportunity to explore different companies because many students work really hard and they get to the very end of their PhD. And then what happens, they jump the first opportunity that they came across with. And it's a one way to go, but I think this is more kind of overview what's in the market. If you have a chance to actually take multiple projects with different companies, mm-hmm. you can compare the culture, you can compare your fit, and just explore different options. And you can yeah. find this way what's right for you. That's a great thing to get that experience before you graduate. It helps you know a bit more about what you want and it helps with your own story about your own skills and how you present yourself to the industry. But it also sounds like a lot of work to juggle both writing a dissertation and working at the same time. Of course, a lot of students have to do that. Correct. Yeah. And honestly, just doing a PhD is not easier, right? So it's yeah. something that you have to keep in mind before getting into a PhD program. Now, could you tell me a little more about your academic background from the computer science department? Uh, tell me a bit more about your interests and passions, even before entering the graduate center, you know, what got you interested in computer science? I, like, I grew up in Ukraine, 
and I was fascinated by technology. And one particular thing that I really like is to play games. And I got into like playing games on my own PC at home. But then I kind of questioning some decisions, some technological tools, what made this game possible. So I started looking to background and I caught myself at some point not playing that much, but rather actually trying to understand the code, trying to understand the story, how everything comes together. And I got really fascinated. So since then I decided to go into computer science and it's exactly what happened. I went to resume my undergrad and master's back in Ukraine. What was interesting is that I think at the very beginning, I didn't really enjoy academia because, I mean, like, if you think about human nature for, like, thousands of years, we've been chasing dinosaurs, right, or, like, running away, and this new skill that came across in the past hundred years that we need to sit in one place, stare at the screen is actually a very hard skill to master. And this is why, like, many kids these days look at alternative options besides going to university, right? But then at some point it kind of clicked in my head and I really started getting into coding and I really enjoyed writing something from scratch that you have an idea and you create a complete project at the end. I think it's quite fascinating. So after finishing my master's, I decided to join a company back in Ukraine in Kyiv where I worked as a software developer for two years. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting, I felt that I wasn't challenged enough. So I started to look at different options. What can you do with your life? And one of those was actually a PhD program. And this is how I ended up here. I love how your interest in video games and, and sort of transcending the game to see how it's made, the code and the storytelling and the design of it is something that a lot of people could relate to. Can you tell me a bit more? You started in software development. You're finishing your PhD and you're moving in more of a data science direction. Can you tell me more about why you're moving more into data science rather than software? I I still consider myself more a researcher, where you work on a new problem that no one has looked at the problem before. It actually comes from PhD, because as a PhD student, you need to write papers, come up with like state-of-the-art solutions to different approaches. There is some well-known problem that you try to improve on, right? And from my previous work throughout my PhD, I work in like, numerous com- companies where I work as a uh, research scientist. and. I think I still kind of relate, even though my title at the moment, uh, senior data scientist, I still do pretty much research job mm-hmm. where we're trying to solve a problem that never been solved before and trying to improve on that. So it's similar in ways to what you would do in a PhD. Correct. Honestly, these days, most companies have very strong research departments. And um, if you look at companies like Google, Facebook, right, they have well-established research departments and they bring the state of the art work to public, to the masses. And they actually made a big effort to bring academic knowledge to their company. Top managers, they actually come from academia. They've been maybe professors in some colleges. And it's, it's very fascinating. So it's actually not that different from like real academic life. Except the research questions are coming from internally in terms of solving a company's strategic goal or problem around a use case for a technology or innovating a technology rather than purely theoretical question, for example. Correct. Yes. Can you walk me through a day, a typical day, for instance, if there is something like that in the IBM chief analytics office? Because I work there only part-time, mm-hmm. my workday is somewhat different from others. Uh, in particular, I would like to focus on producing real results as a getting some work done. But usually, I would say, 
couple hours per day are usually started with a meeting. So our team uh, develops this agile style of development where every morning we have approximately a couple of minutes to bring some updates from what you've done in the past, what you're going to do today. Mm-hmm. In general, I think it's a great idea to kind of set your own goals for the day and update everyone on the work you've been doing. It's a great way to start and I really encourage this kind of workflow in every team. I guess it's the only difference that we have many stakeholders that we need to update on our progress to give presentations mm-hmm. on your work. and. It's actually a very interesting work from perspective. Again, I think it's a great fit for a PhD student because as a PhD student, you tend to focus first of all on technical side uh-huh. to create a new approaches, like create technical solutions for current problems, right? Write the paper, but also you tend to teach and to give talks and mm-hmm. participate in other activities. And I think this is the perfect combination where you have this uh, technical subset of requirements that you need to solve, right? Uh-huh. And then explain it in simpler terms to your stakeholders. What's interesting is that many stakeholders, they come from different backgrounds. So it's not necessarily that they are on the same page with you. So you need to explain your work in much simpler terms, maybe give like general representation. Mm-hmm. And it's somewhat similar to teaching in a way. When you've done a lot of work, right, in computer science, but you need to go back to the basics of computer science and explain it as simple as possible yeah. to get interest in students and to encourage them to pursue the field. I would think you have to show them the impact or Correct, what yes. effect it would have. I, it's a good point. You also keep, keep in mind that at the end, you work for an industry, right? And you need to emphasize the end goal. Mm. You cannot just do it for the sake of doing it. You have to have some final goal in mind. Like this is what you're trying to achieve and this is how it's going to benefit the company. So it sounds like there's some similarities with academia, the meetings, the research work, the teaching or presenting work. Anything else that would come up in a typical day at IBM, for instance? I guess it's similar to every company where you need to not only do your work well, but also maintain great relationships with teammates because it's fascinating that in the area of data science, everyone comes from different background. It's not the area for computer science per se. There are people that come from anthropology, psychology, and other different fields, and we have different backgrounds. So it's actually interesting in a way that you can always ask for help. For example, If you work in some kind of behavioral psychology, you maybe work more with causal models. So you can always go to them, ask for help, uh, get their opinion on your work. And part of the work also requires to educate, kind of bring your knowledge from your area to Mm -hmm. the rest of the team. That's pretty cool that it's a very diverse field that people get into from all kinds of backgrounds, that there's also different kinds of data science. What do you enjoy the most about your job? Honestly, in my particular job, I'm doing a lot of research, and I think research is fascinating. Currently, I'm working on unsupervised uh, problems where you don't have labels, you have some data, and you need to come up with the best representation of that data, and I'm kind of focusing on neural networks, and mm. it's honestly very similar to what I've done during my PhD life, Yeah. so I really enjoy this. You're trying to find the pattern that's implicit in the data rather than trying to apply a category that's Correct. predetermined. Yes. In the industry, the scope of data is not that well defined. It's mm-hmm. quite often you don't have access to such uh, nice and clean data, so you need to find it somewhere online or scrape it or like, be clever and find some kind of source of data where you can like, apply your models, apply your knowledge, right, and solve their problem. Problem. It's a little bit more in the wild, kind Correct. of your ingenuity. What can you find? What can you use? 
And I imagine that must be fun to get to play with these different things and come up with a plan of your own initiative rather than following the thing that's been handed down. It is, and sometimes also frustrating because I would say like my expectations were kind of different. I know uh, the scope of the project, and quite often I know that oh, this problem can be solved in one month. But if you work for an industry, you realize that there is not always the case that you can get data in months. Mm. So it's more unknown variables to your project to your deadline. So it's a little bit harder to estimate your work, uh-huh. but also fascinating that you need to be clever and in this way. Yeah, I can imagine getting the data must be hard, but IBM must have a lot of data too. As any big company, there is big emphasis on uh, data privacy. So you've heard multiple big companies that they had data breaches, mm-hmm. etc. And I would say most of the time, it's not done on purpose. It's whether there was a bug in the code, the company itself, as an entity, they try to do their best to deliver the best results to the users, right? And every company tries their best to make sure that user data is secure and private, because if something happens and there's a breach, it will be very terrible PR for the company. Mm. For this reason, even though as a part of the company, most often you don't have access to user data. Oh, that is challenging. Yes. I think one of the biggest misconceptions that when you go into industry, you think that, oh, these big companies, they have so much data, you can play with it and build the craziest models. In real life, it's not often. What are some things that you have found frustrating in, it doesn't have to be IBM, but just generally working for a big corporation? I would say that there are not that many challenges. Compared to academia, for example, I think academia is way more challenging. Because if you want to become a professor, you have to deal with funding, you have to find students, you have to teach courses, you have to deal with some department management. Mm. There are so many tasks that you have to devote your time to, and it's hard to focus on research. If you go to industry, most of the time you kind of shield it from everything else, uh-huh. so they give you the best opportunity to do the work you want to do. So I find that working in industry much easier than PhD life. During your PhD training, did you think, you know, I would like to go for an academic job? Or did you always think about working in industry and was that always part of your plan? No, actually, at the very beginning, when I just joined academia, I realized that I do want to pursue academic life for the rest of my life. And I was very happy with this idea up until moment when something very unpredictable happened. I think it's like one of the least desired things that happened to any PhD student. My first academic advisor, he decided to leave academia and go to the industry. And oh, it was wow. terrifying. And at this point, you've been working on this idea, understanding that you have a concrete project, that you have all this funding, everything else. And when you know that your advisor leaves, you have this weird emotion, like, what's next? You don't know what, yeah. what, what's going to happen. And honestly, it's quite frequent in academia that professors move around, they might leave, they might come, right? So it's kind of the way, but before joining a PhD, you don't think about it. And I remember I was terrified at this moment. And the first thing I realized that I need to find some opportunity to actually find some other options. Like, what can I do? And I started applying to jobs for the following summer and was lucky to find and secure a job at Comcast Research in Washington, D.C. It was my first exposure. And I really enjoyed this uh, lifestyle. When you come in the morning, you do your research, and then you deliver results that are not only as a paper, which is amazing, but you can also implement a complete project that is useful for thousands, if not millions of users. And they're using it, your code, your project every day. And it's fascinating. 
And it came from this moment of your advisor leaving for industry and you had a fear. You thought, do I have a future in academia? Am I going to carry through with this PhD? Correct. You, at this moment, you just hope for the best, but kind of prepare for the worst. You don't know what's going to happen. Luckily, I was blessed to find a new advisor who is amazing. And she actually came from the same research lab as my first advisor. So the smoothest transition possible. So yeah. I got lucky in this case. Every crisis is an opportunity. Correct. <laughs> you realized you really liked the style of work in the private sector, what you can do, the pace of the work. Got you interested in more of these opportunities? Yeah, and I guess the most eye-opening thing was that it's not very different from PhD life. Again, if you work for a research department, you read the research papers, there's focus groups that do some fun projects or again, reading papers, reading books together, you're trying to improve yourself. It's not that different from taking classes as you go through PhD and trying to leverage that knowledge and bring it to your uh, research, right? So it's actually very similar. So they have reading groups in... Honestly, in every company I work, IBM, Disney Research, Compass Research, Google, it's very similar to PhD life. I think like as a PhD student, you naturally are very curious about things, but quite often when you join industry, you don't have time, like extra curriculum, right? So when the company encourages such behavior, like, oh, let's have once per week to read and improve ourselves, everyone jumps in this opportunity. So what's something that you found surprising about working for these tech companies? One surprising thing was that you actually get way more productive there because of the environment. You don't need to focus on teaching, on giving talks or anything else. You literally come there and work from the morning till the very night. And you get yourself in this zone where you're focusing on a single project that you need to deliver and you do way more than you would have done like as a PhD student because you don't have to deal with answering students, which I actually very enjoy. I love teaching, but it takes time from your real work. Mm, yeah. Now, it sounds like in computer science, the boundaries between industry and academia are pretty porous. People can move back and forth. Correct. Do you see yourself ever returning to academia? My plan is actually kind of keep one leg in academia because I love teaching and I think it's very important to give back to society and uh, when you have an option to teach students, maybe inspire them. I remember my first year as a PhD student, uh, I was assigned to teach a course and it was a very terrifying experience when you walk into this room and 30 students looking at you and it's, it's very nerve-breaking. But as you go through it, you understand that actually uh, you build connections with students, right? You build relationships. You understand that your work is to inspire them to be better and more successful in life. I really enjoyed that. Actually, just maybe like a few months ago, I got an email from a student from mine. Mm -hmm. It was just a thank you email saying that because of my work in that first year as an instructor, I inspired the person to go and pursue computer science and he went and master's in computer science mm -hmm. and it was just so eye-opening in a way that this work can actually change so many lives mm -hmm. and you inspire so many students. It's fascinating. Yeah. And That's I would like to keep this option open even though I going to be a part of uh, industry, I would like to maybe teach a course and have some kind of connection with academia. Right, and this is actually one of the strongest parts of CUNY and the Graduate Center that pretty much every PhD student who graduates from the school 
they have great teaching experience, which is not often the case in other schools. You mentioned that, you know, the field of data science, very broadly speaking, is very diverse. People come to it from many different backgrounds. At the same time, you find that the research feels like academic research. How do you feel as someone in a PhD program in these companies? Do you feel that the PhD is something that your employers or your coworkers look at you in a different way? Is it something that they value you for? Or is it kind of superfluous and it's more really about the skills that you bring to the table? It's definitely very important. There are tons of smart people in the world who are just excellent in what they do. And having PhD is not necessary, but having a PhD is a way to show that you can do something that you love for multiple years. You're not getting paid much, right? You often don't have weekends, you don't have nights, you need to work nonstop, and you show this diligence and devotion in what you do yeah. to this particular subject. I think this is what PhD is about. You kind yeah. of prove, you get this paper at the end, right, that shows that you proved yourself in a way that you're devoted to the area. That's really interesting. I mean, obviously, from computer science, you have all these hard skills, but at the same time, you find that it's really valuable because of all the things that it connotes. This work ethic, this diligence, this commitment Correct. to do something, which otherwise there's no real kind of sign of that that anyone else would possibly have. Right. Um, Correct. You talked about teaching and how you enjoy it. And I infer that then it's also something really useful as far as communicating with stakeholders. It gives you that presentation skill. Are there any other experiences that you had in your PhD that have helped you in your work? Obviously, in addition to your, your coding skills, your programming and data science skills. Yeah, definitely. Especially, again, as a PhD student, you have to deal with multiple deadlines, like paper deadlines. I remember on my first or second year of PhD school, where at some point I was working with another PhD student on a project and we had maybe five days before the deadline. I think we were working on emotion detection at that point and had this great idea that we're going to create a better algorithm to identify emotions from speech. But what happened, we tend to run into multiple errors, multiple bugs with our code and somehow like nothing was working. So in those five days, I think in total I slept maybe like five hours, <laughs> maybe less. And what was interesting, at the end, I would email at like 6 a.m. to Dara, like, hey, can you look at this problem? And he would email me back, so he was staying up at the same time. <laughs> so both of us were working nonstop for almost a week without sleep, without food, you know? Yeah. Just like, had to cross the deadline. <laughs> I think this is like one of the skills you develop as a PhD student. When you have deadlines, no matter what, you have to finish it, right? You have to deliver it. Even though it's painful, you have that camaraderie. And Correct. It's like looking back, it's a fun story, but I would not recommend anyone to do that <laughs> because honestly, at the end, we were making silly mistakes. You talked about how you got your first non-academic job. That was the summer opportunity in D.C. Since then, you've worked for Google and IBM. And could you tell me a little bit more about how you got these opportunities and, you know, how you went about it and what was the most useful for you in terms of making the connection that then you could find the entryway? I actually, I, I think it's kind of silly and I would not advise anyone to do what I've done, but I wanted to test myself and see where I'm at. So I, on purpose, tried to not to reach out to anyone. I wasn't trying to reach out to my friends to send me a reference mm -hmm. or get opportunity. I was literally trying to apply through websites. Like general websites? General like websites to just see where I'm at and to improve my resume, to improve my skills. And I would go to interviews that are just very general. You have to compete with multiple other PhD students. 
and it's a great way to actually learn where you are, uh, right, mm-hmm. in your current PhD level, what you need to improve, and also you get this feel that you've actually done everything on your own, mm-hmm. right, without asking for help, asking for a reference. But I think it's much longer and harder way. So if you have uh, friends or connections in other companies, you should reach out to them. It's yeah. Really much <laughs> so you got these opportunities really just by applying to general job postings. Yeah, website posting, maybe some recruiting events, just very general. The IBM opportunity also has a few alumni who are from the GC. Was that a helpful thing? or? Right, yeah. It's actually exactly how I got the job. We have uh, Jonathan DeBasque and uh, back then Ben Zwing. They were a graduate of the Graduate Center and they held a recruiting event from IBM. And I left my CV with them. A couple of days later, I got invited for an interview in person. A couple of weeks later, I got invited to an interview at their headquarters. Mm-hmm. I went through to that recruiting event. It's, it's actually a great opportunity because the chief analytics office, the department where I'm working, we have a couple graduate students from GC. So there is value in recruiting events at the yes. graduate center. Of course, definitely. On campus mm-hmm. events, they are very helpful, very beneficial because companies are literally going to school to recruit people, right? It's not just to advertise themselves, but they are looking for someone to Mm -hmm. hire. So very advantageous. In addition to what you received in your PhD training, did you have to do any other kinds of training outside on your own to get these jobs or to position yourself for the data science opportunities that you wanted? Coming from computer science, it covers most required skills you get to learn some quantitative analysis skills, right? You get to learn technical skills. And I guess you just have to be innovative in a way. As I was saying earlier, you have to be innovative with the data you get. You have to be you know, more creative. And honestly, PhD is very helpful. Like at the moment, looking back, most of the skills that you acquire throughout your PhD, they're very applicable in, in, in the industry. Data science is kind of new and not really clearly defined, and every company has their own interpretation of the job. Mm. But in general, you have to know how to write code. Learning Python is very important. Learning some algorithm is very important. Having a background in calculus, probability, statistic is important. Mm. Right? Some machine learning courses are very important because at the end, you need to not only analyze the data, but quite often you need to build a model, predict a model that can solve some problems and put it all together right, to deliver as a product. Now that you're finishing your PhD and now that you have a really solid footing in industry and data science, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you were first starting out in graduate school? I would say the most important thing is to have balance in your life. Don't forget about your friends. Don't forget to exercise. Keep yourself motivated. Because there are so many students uh, throughout my PhD life that just been working so hard, they got depressed, right? They quit PhD, maybe like found another opportunities. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? I think it always works out well. But keeping this balance to motivate yourself, keep going. If you crash yourself over like a single deadline, then you have to spend like two months recovering from it. So just having a balance in life is very important. That's a wrap for this episode of Alumni Aloud. I want to thank Dennis for coming on the show to share his experiences transitioning out of PhD life with our listeners. Remember to stay tuned for more episodes of Alumni Aloud, published every two weeks during the fall and spring semesters. Subscribe on iTunes, and you'll automatically be notified of new episodes. Also, check out our Facebook, Twitter, and career planning website at cuny.is careerplan for more updates from our office 
or to make appointments with our career counselors. Thanks for listening and see you next time.